Hello, you are listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin. I am the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello, Colin. How are you enjoying these nice, hot and humid days? Um, I, uh, I, don't, I don't love the heat, if I'm honest, um, but I barely left my... I barely went outside when it was really hot. So I, you really hate the heat. Well, yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I do. I had someone around to come and look at a couple of my trees because he's going to be cutting down, cutting them back a bit. And it was um, kind of going out into my garden with him. I was like, oh wow, it really is hot. So my, uh, my house, happily for me, stays quite cool. Cool, yeah, quite. Uh, even in uh, even in the, the hot summer heat. But no, I'm not a fan of the heat, and uh, I was okay with it. Stopping at the weekend. How about how, hey, did it? Did it? Did uh, did you enjoy the the the? Did you enjoy the summer? That was it. <laughs> the, the the short one day, two days of summer. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I always like heat, but it's just that the fact that there's no ACs in anywhere in any of the flats. That's the thing that's bothering me. Like, I would love it if there were ACs. Um, in flats in general. You, uh, my, my, my mother's just bought herself an air conditioning unit. Oh, nice, so apparently really? Apparently we have them in this country. I had no idea. Huh. I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I, it's not called that, but it basically seems to be a fan with cold water and stuff, so I guess it's something along those lines. The thing is, you just hardly use it, right? Well, that's it. I mean, I just, just open the window, have a glass of, glass of water, that's what I say. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to America years ago, and I, was, I, I hadn't really come across the idea of people having air conditioning units, um, so that was quite surprising to see that. Some would say that man is not made to, to live in such warm climates. Well, you say that. We have air AC in pretty much all the rooms in my house in Malaysia. Mm. Yeah. Every room. Not good for the environment, I'm pretty sure. The ozone layer is probably not... Yeah, there's uh, a big hole above Malaysia. Happy about this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, it's not the heat uh, of the year so much as the light of the year, or light years, Ejan, that we're going to be talking about today. Um, it's, That's not the worst you've done, so... I, I think it, it might be, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Buzz Lightyear. He's getting his own movie. We're going to talk about it. We're also going to talk about the films of Michelle Monaghan. We're going to talk a little quiz on the films of Tony Scott. And, and much, much, much more. Much more. Um, but we start, as we always do, with news. And, the, and Partly because we recorded early last time and late this time. Yeah, uh, We've got a lot of news. Lots of news, which is uh, good because I don't have that much to say about a lot here, I don't think. So, um, me, oh, well, I'm not going to spoil it by me neither. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so let's let's really luxuriate in this news, shall we? Let's uh, let's, yeah, let's let's really drag it out as much as we okay. can. I'm sure we can do that. We've done that very well in the past, anyway. Mm. Um, I'll start with the one we've got a title for the new Joker sequel. Oh, yes, yeah, Joker Folie Adult. Um, uh, pardon my French, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the it's the new title for the sequel. Um, Joker is of course the film with Joaquin Phoenix in it. Uh, it's got eleven Oscar nominations. I didn't know that. I forgot about mm, that. Yeah, it got uh, a lot, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and one two um, for Joaquin Phoenix and the composer's uh, score. Um, I do not want to pronounce his name because I will definitely offend him. Um, <laughs> right, I don't know who the composer was to be honest. So. Yeah, he has two O's in it and they have weird squiggly lines on top of them. Um, All right. Okay. <laughs> is, that, is that it? That's um, his entire name? It's just two O's with lines on top? No, no, no. Um, but, yeah. And directed by Todd uh, Phillips, of course. He was the, Oscar nominated. Yes. Um, Lady Gaga is apparently in early talks to join the film. Uh, yeah. 
so Folia de, um, um, some madness of two or something like that, or, or uh, insanity of two, um, is, is apparently a genuine condition where two people might have a kind of combined mania or combined um, hysteria or something like that. Yep. Um, so the, when that Kate title came out, I think there was a, is it going to be him and Batman? Is it going to be him and another Joker? Um, but even at that point, I think the most common theory was it was going to be him and Harley Quinn. Yep, that seems to be borne out by having uh, having Lady Gaga in talks. Which, uh, yeah, I, I get that. I, yeah, I get that. We, we, I mean, they've clearly established that this Joker universe is uh, different from the regular DC universe, where we already have a Harley Quinn there, played by Margot, Margot Robbie. So, um, yeah, it's... yeah. So I'll just go back to this composer, Juan Lasky. You may have already offended her um, by referring to her as a him. <laughs> um, oh, no! <laughs> um, something like Hilda Guanadotti, an Icelandic uh, composer. There you go. I apologise. Um, yeah, we we have a very, um, how was the phrase, over-the-top, I suppose, uh, Harley Quinn from Margot Robbie, a very, uh, very specific um, version of that character. I, I enjoyed Joker a great deal. I think it's a great film. Um, we've talked about it. We did an episode on it, I'm sure. Um, the, the Joker in it is not very similar to the Joker in the DC world, as we've seen before. No. I assume they do the same thing with Harley in that it should be called Harley, but maybe wouldn't be that similar to, to any Harley Quinn we've seen elsewhere. I think the story will still be quite similar to what you expect a Harley Quinn and Joker. Well, this would probably be a Harley Quinn origin story, right? That's... Um, yeah. One would assume so. You've got uh, sirens in the background, Asian. I know. Busy, I know. busy, busy metropolis. Uh, yeah, I mean, I assume they would have to be if cause, uh, if they bring her in. And, and we, as we've talked to death, I don't like the Harley Quinn character in the films. But if it's in something like this, where where they wouldn't, I imagine, be trying to make her into some sort of inspirational hero or or sex symbol or anything like that, it would be a. Uh, I imagine they'd give full reign to the the trauma of the story which I would, oh. would find the, what we haven't mentioned yet is the most surprising element of this perhaps uh, in that uh, rumours are it's going to be a musical <laughs> so Joaquin Phoenix has sung when he was in Walk the Line of course of course he did uh, excellent yeah. film as Johnny Cash uh, and obviously Lady Gaga is has also sung yes. <laughs> <laughs> many many times <laughs> In a star is born, obviously, uh, and yes, in her career um, <laughs> as a singer, yes. Um, yeah, I forgot. I, I was I, I wasn't thinking about Walk the Line. I mean, that was a very specific Johnny Cash impression, but a very good one. Um, and and suggest he can do other singing as well. Oh, my microphone's being silly. Um, there we are. I kind of love the idea of making this a musical. I think that's kind of a really interesting way of going with it. You can work. It can work. I mean, you can basically make a musical of anything nowadays. So why not, right? Why, why not? And I think it's... I, I did wonder where they go with this. Because I, I know it's kind of... It, it divided audiences, I think, or divided critics maybe. Because um, it is basically what if Martin Scott says he made a, made a superhero movie. Yeah. And I'm not sure we want to see that again. So to do a kind of what if... I don't know, Stephen Sondheim made it made a superhero movie uh, or, or whatever direction they go in, I think is a really cool way to keep it fresh and to uh, subvert expectations. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm well up for this. Wow, that's really padding it on. <laughs> We've padded it as much as we can. Speaking of padding, um, did you enjoy Spider-Man No Way Home, Zijan? I... 
Do you want to see another 17 minutes of it? Why not? Not in the cinema, though. No. I wish I know this is where it's going. So, uh, Sony, I think I think it's fair to say Sony are the driving force of this one. Uh, Sony are re-releasing Spider-Man No Way Home in US and Canada, other regions to be confirmed in September, I think. Uh, the more fun stuff version... Um, as advertised by a clip for an interview, it's a, it's uh, definitely going to have a bit more of the Spider Men talking to each other. Oh. But basically, uh, rather than just putting it out with deleted scenes on a DVD or something, um, they're going to re-release it in cinemas to try and push towards that two billion mark. I guess. Um, I mean, like it's not like they haven't made a lot of money to begin with, right? It's one point yeah. nine billion in the global box office. It's uh, yeah, uh, this is just like this is just. Shameless marketing and corporate <laughs> greed, really. Yeah, uh, I mean, I loved this film. I saw it twice in the cinema. Um, me too. But I'm not going to go to the cinema to see this, no. I, I, unless. And I think you know what I'm going to say, Zijan. Unless the more fun stuff includes Kirsten Dunst coming in as MJ. <laughs> precisely. Uh, if there is a as here to undiscussed uh, Kirsten Dunst cameo, I'm all over that. I suspect that is not what's going to happen. <laughs> Nope, I'm pretty sure that would happen. It's just, yeah, it's just greedy, isn't it? It's just greed. Ah, uh, I, I just don't like this. I, I wouldn't watch this. Um, no, I can't. I mean, I don't know. I think they've got to deal with Netflix, haven't they? So it'll come to Netflix at some point. But uh, so I guess I'll watch it. I'll, I'll watch. I mean, I, I would definitely be rewatching this film at some point. So at that point, I'd probably rewatch that version rather than uh, the original. But it's it's gonna be the stuff that wasn't good enough to stay in the. I mean, it was, it was exactly a long. Right. It's already. A, two and a half hour film there, there is a reason why film editing is an Oscar uh, category on its own mm. Mm. you need to learn how to edit and I think I think the information is already out there uh, more or less about what oh. is going to be added in but yeah it's not the not the only film Sony have been re-releasing though if I'm going to yes. double up my news point here go on um, so I don't know if you've seen this, Zijan. I know you're not on Twitter or things like this, but um, there's been a lot of memes about the film Morbius. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is brilliant. I love that. Basically, people making fun of the, f- the film Morbius. As uh, you should. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, and the good people at Sony, who I think probably do know what they're doing, um, but maybe they don't, they saw that Morbius was being talked about a lot and said, wow, people must love this film. Let's re-release it in cinemas. Um <sighs> It did remarkably badly, I think, on its re-release. Uh, of course it did. And um, Jared Leto himself tweeted out a video of him looking at a script which said Morbius 2, it's Morbin time. And basically killed the joke dead in, in on the spot. Because, yeah, people don't like Jared Leto, possibly with good reason. And, no. And, uh, yeah... It kind of it stopped being a. I mean, to say, it already wasn't that funny, but it it stopped being funny that that moment. So, uh, uh, well done, Sony. Yeah. Well done. One, one one day, Sony will actually make a good movie. Um, I mean, they did, but but they got their friends at Marvel to make it for them. Full credit for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sony, yeah. what are you doing? Well, maybe Zijan, maybe L. What's what's his name? The new Death, um, the Bunny. The one, the bunny the guy. Bunny. <laughs> yeah, no one knows. Whatever because is, I, I think the next one is Craven Hunter of Aaron Taylor Johnson. So and Madam Web is coming. Yeah, and the the one with the bunny mm. that I can't remember the name. So many films we will never watch. Oh, but we probably will though, won't we? <laughs> well, we know why we're desperate. They could be good. 
Uh-huh. Aaron Taylor Johnson's a good actor. Dakota Johnson uh-huh. is sometimes a good actor. Uh-huh. Okay, well, well, we'll come back to this. We can play back to this the next time when we decide to watch this again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Any of these films. Um, uh, Marvel has picked uh, a director to direct Thunderbolts. I didn't know this was going to happen. No. It's happening. No. Um, the Thunderbolts are a team of supervillains uh, in the Marvel comics. Uh, they debuted in The Incredible Hulk. They are basically like the antithesis. Is that the word for the Avengers, really? Antithesis. That's, yeah. Um, one is, uh, you know, one is basically an Iron Man equivalent, um, but he's actually Norman Osborn in the oh, comics. Right. Okay. Yeah, Norman Osborn puts on the Iron, um, an Iron Man suit, basically. Um, that's the most famous Thunderbolts version that I'm aware of. Um, but yeah, so uh, the director is Jake Scryer. Um, he made Paper Towns. Um, I think that's his most famous film. Yeah, that was that the only one. Schreier, isn't it? Anyway, that was that. Schreier, yeah. That, that, that was the only one of his that I um, have seen, I think. Mm. Um, and as the name is suggesting, Thunderbolts is. Uh, they were originally assembled by uh, Thaddeus Ross, Thunderbolt Ross. Um, but um, due to the passing of the actor who played him, um, he's basically Betty's father, for those who don't know. Yeah. The Incredible Hawks. Uh, no, uh, so, so, basically. Yeah, so played by William Hurt, um, who I think they clearly intended to to come back for this because he 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 did come back for he C- appeared, yeah. Civil War and he was was he in, in Black Widow? Black Widow was it? All right. Yeah. Either they will recast. I think more likely they'll have a character saying this is in memory of. Um, yeah. Would be my guess. We um almost a year ago now. Did an episode where we looked back, looked at all the villains uh, in the MCU, and looked at which ones we thought would come back. Um, if there's going to be a team of five, I think. Well, in fact, we looked at all of them to try and decide the most likely ones that will return. So, having got our Doctor Strange predictions so badly wrong, maybe, the, maybe um, the fact they're doing Thunderbolts suggests we're onto something here. I mean, we could do one, yeah. Um, so, the team of five that we put together, I think, as the most likely um, grouping. Yep. Or the most likely to return for this this phase were uh, Abomination, which I think is yep. pretty nailed on. I think uh, it's quite likely now, especially since he's appearing in almost all the films nowadays. Yeah, he was in Shang-Chi and will be in She-Hulk. Carl yep. um, Mordo. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, Yellow Jacket. That was a bit of a... <laughs> all right. Um, I can't remember why we thought that was going to happen. Um, he's the, uh, the villain from the first Ant-Man film. Uh, Ulysses Claw. Who's dead? I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, Agatha Harkness. We're clearly not good at making predictions. Right? <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, because I was, I was, I was convinced Killmonger was coming back, but um, from a different universe or something. I but, mean, the good thing about uh, Marvel is that we always have the superheroes fighting uh, the bad guys who has exactly the same power system. So yeah. the Thunderbolts is pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it feels a bit like in, in the Infinity Saga when people are pointing like, like a lot of your films are about fighting to kind of get some sort of precious stone or something and it's like, oh yeah, no, that's the Infinity Stones. I did wonder whether that was just them fixing their own problems with a storyline. Maybe this, they can claim that, oh yeah, it was always our plan all along to have this Thunderbolts. So um, that's why we did that. Um, speaking of uh, Spider-Man, well, I skipped a story. Wow. Speaking, of, speaking of superheroes, um, Jason Schwartzman will be voicing the Spot in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. 
uh, as a villain. I don't know anything about the spot. Do you? Do you this is a return to the long-awaited um, oh, no. me just naming a superhero character and asking you to tell me, tell me about them with no warning uh, oh, no. section. Do you know anything about the spot? He has spots. <laughs> His power involves spots. Right. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he's a lot like Polka Dot Man, maybe? No, no. Well, I, see, I, I saw the picture, and he didn't seem to have spots. He can open interdimensional portals using spots. So, which kind of makes sense, because it's a multiverse film, right? So, Yes, um, okay, it, okay. It makes sense, right? So, he basically, like, it's, it's called spots, because he has lots of spots on his body, and those spots can basically open to other dimensions, which, for a multiversal film, it's kind of, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, I have seen that character before in... in yeah. Um, images and stuff. Okay, I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. We're gonna have to wait quite a long time, aren't we? But uh... definitely. Um, I've got casting news. Oh yes, uh, quite a few of them. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three has added uh, Maria Bakalova and Nico Santos. Maria Bakalova uh, was known for the Borat subsequent movie film, which apparently got decent reviews, and she was lauded for that as well. So yeah, she got um, uh, a Golden Globe nomination, was it? Or yeah. So weirdly, so I, 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 if I ever go on Amazon Prime through my Virgin Media box, the picture that's advertising it is still from the second Borat film. And it's like, I know that that was kind of like, it was exclusive to Amazon, and that was quite a big deal two years ago. Yeah. Surely, surely use a different picture now. Yeah. You think so, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, Nico Santos is from Crazy Rich Asians, so... Although, um, I know him from uh, Superstore, the TV series. The, the, oh, the, yeah. The I didn't watch Superstore. Yeah, great, great sitcom. I've, I've watched it through twice. Simon, Simon introduced that to me. But yeah, he's he's one of the regular cast of that, and he's very funny. So good to see him joining Guns. I, yeah, I don't think I've seen Maria Bacalova, maybe. Uh, yeah, I've been doing for work. Mm. Oh, you've seen The Bubble, right? She was in The Bubble. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. I have seen that. It was okay-ish. <laughs> uh, yeah, these are, both of these seem to have leaked, and then James Gunn has confirmed them, rather than being announced the normal route. Yeah, the usual. Uh, Nev Campbell uh, has dropped out of uh, the next Scream film because they're not paying her enough money. Um, she released a statement, uh, which I don't have in front of me, but says something like, uh, as a woman, I've worked hard, particularly in the Scream franchise, to establish my worth, and I don't think what they're paying me is that. So it seems quite... I think that's fair, right? Like, that's normal, right? Um, it's a weird one, because we obviously have no idea what they're offering her. <laughs> so I think yeah. it, it, the principle, yes, is of... You shouldn't have to, you should, yeah, you, you don't have to do a film, uh, is an absolutely fine one. If they're offering her like 10 million, she's like, no, I want more, then that's obviously a bit different. But if they're offering her 500 grand, she can very reasonably say she wants more, so who knows. I, I didn't know whether she appeared in the previous, the uh, most recent Scream film as well. I think she did, didn't she? With, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Courtney Cox uh, and, and David Arquette. Um, David Arquette, yeah, so. Yeah, she's been in all of them um, to a certain extent. I mean, the, 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 the rumor was that. This she was going to have a very small role in this one, uh, the next one. Um, I mean, it was the last one, I guess, was and the fact the one before that was trying to kind of pass the baton on to the younger cast. I think the idea was she'd have a kind of a glorified cameo, which I can therefore understand them not wanting to pay her that much if it's hmm. not by screen but time. She but she's is, she is the she's the first final girl, I think, 
ever in uh, in, in in horrible ways. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd argue that uh, Sigourney Weaver was a fun oh, yeah, that's a true. Girl, but, but yes, you're right. She's a scream queen, as they say. Yeah. I, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween would predate that. Um, oh, that's true as well. As well. But, but yes, maybe not the first, but, but uh, certainly... Um, a big one, and she basically is the face of the Scream franchise. I mean, she's she not really literally is, yeah. the face, which is true by more, but um, but she is the face of the uh, <laughs> the, the Scream franchise. And no, that's Ghostface. Ghostface is the face. <laughs> of the <franchise. laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, I've watched um, Lin- the Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix, in which she uh, co-stars, and uh, it's very good. I enjoyed that a lot. So the Nev Campbell Renaissance, I'm I'm definitely here for, as the kids say. But um, she's out. She did put a statement that seemed fairly definitive. That I've loved my twenty-seven years, I think, in this franchise. It, it wasn't because I, I susp- at first I thought this was sort of the first step in the negotiation process, effectively. But it does seem she's out. Um, and Dermot Mulroney is in for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, saw that as well. Hmm. Um, more casting news as well. Uma Thurman and Henry Golding are joining the Old Guard sequel. Uh, I've seen the Old Guard. I don't think you have. No, Colin. it's on no. Netflix. It's not that great. It's okay. It's middling. It's something that I can pass the time with, but nothing special. Charlie's Throne, isn't it? Charlie's Throne's in it. Yeah, it's um. So yeah, there's going to be a sequel, and they're going to join it. So for those who are interested in the film. There you go. So it's it's, it's a probably going to be on Netflix action film where everyone's lived for hundreds of years or something. Is that the idea? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they're pretty much immortal. So yeah. Speaking of Netflix sequels, um, we've already had lots of casting news uh, for Knives Out two. Um, I don't think any of this is new, but uh, Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Janelle Monae, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick. Uh, Madeline Klein, who I don't know, uh, Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista. Uh, but we now also have a title, um, which is Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Um, for those of us who are Beatles fans, that's quite exciting. Uh, I, don't, I don't get this reference at all. Uh, so Tell Glass me. Onion is a Beatles song um, from the White Album. Um, huh. I don't immediately see the connection. I think Ryan Johnson's a Beatles fan from what I've seen on a film on social media. Have you? So I'm, I'm confident it's a, it's a deliberate reference. Um, the song Glass Onion... Uh, is basically just a lot of nonsense ideas thrown together. Um, it was fairly deliberately written because a lot of people were kind of interrogating the Beatles lyrics to look for clues. It refers to several other Beatles song titles. It has a line, um, here's another clue for you all, the walrus was Paul. Um, I don't know what that means for this. I guess maybe lots of red herrings and um, uh, deliberate misleading. Maybe that's maybe that's the clue they're getting at. Well, it's a proper hood, and it should have, right? Mm, absolutely. What I'm slightly surprised by is that uh, Anna de Armas doesn't seem to be back for this. I thought they would have brought her in as the kind of Daniel Craig psychic, maybe. I mean, with her superpower, right? With yeah, slightly else to it. But uh, this, I mean, the Netflix have paid a lot of money for this. Um, <laughs> they've paid a lot of money for this and uh, are banking on it. But I, I, I'm suddenly excited for it. Me too. Not too sure whether I'll still subscribe to Netflix to watch it, but oh, I for, you've finally you've you've, you've removed yourself from Netflix, haven't you? Oh, it's been, it's just dull now. There's nothing nice. To, there's nothing to watch on Netflix. It's the Lincoln Lawyer, man. The Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, it's good. I've been watching The Floor Is Lava, Colin. I've not been watching The Floor Is Lava. No. Is this cake? I have watched the first episode of Is This Cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was quite. Uh, I mean, it was. I enjoyed watching it, but I was utterly baffled because <laughs> it's not really a show. It's just... It's not worth it, 45 minutes. No, it's, it's a five-minute five YouTube video that they've managed exactly. to bulk out to a, 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 yeah, a full episode length. Yeah. Um, more um, 
more films, uh, film sequels has names. Uh, the third Paddington film is now called Paddington in Peru. Mm. Uh, probably less uh, ambiguous as a uh, glass onion. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely does not reference the Beatles uh, no. in any shape or form, unless you are going to tell me something, Colin, that they had a song uh, called Paddington in Peru. Yeah, no, they did. It was not I'd be rude. Off the top of my head, I, I'd say they probably didn't even go to South America. I can't think of when they would have done. So, no. Um, not a prequel, I don't think. I think this is Paddington returning to his homeland. Yep. Um, not directed by Paul King either, although he is doing the story uh, and producing. It's going to be directed by uh, du- Dougal. Dougal? Dougal. Dougal, I think. Dougal. Dougal Wilson. Um, his movie directing debut, it turns out. Nice. Uh, the Paddington films are, are very good, aren't they? Yeah, they're very charming. Uh, interesting. I presume if he's going to Peru, we're going to get a lot more bears. So I know we've had his his um, his his aunt, isn't it, or great aunt, or whatever. It is. Aunt Lucy, that was it. Up here, kind of uh, at the start or end of these things. But we, he, the whole point is like he's a bear in the in London. I think an interesting dynamic to uh, to go the other way. I imagine the I imagine Sally Hawkins and Hugh Bonneville will go to Peru with him or to find him maybe. But. Uh, I, I yeah, I, I imagine they won't stray too far from the formula of um, nah, dastardly overacting I, villain. They won't. I mean, yeah. the first two films were successful in their own way, so why would they? Why would they do that? Um, I just want to see who, which British actor they'll get to be the villain in this film. Are we claiming that um, Nicole Kidman is British? <laughs> That's what we're doing here. Oh, Nicole Kidman in it. She was in the first one, wasn't she? Oh yes, I forgot. My Hugh which, Grant was which, in the second one. Which Commonwealth uh, actor? <laughs> would be, uh, uh, oh yeah, I forgot. And Nicole Kidman was in the first film. Mm. Oops, my bad. Although I think she was playing British from memory. Mm. I, that, might, that might not be true. I can't remember. Yes, uh, Hugh Grant was excellent in that. What else we got here? Lewis Hamilton of of Formula One fame is going to be producing a film um, in which uh, Brad Pitt plays Maverick. I mean, he plays a Formula One driver coming out of retirement to uh, drive cars again, um, which is written and directed. Uh, sorry, no, written by the director. Sorry, uh, written by the writer of Top Gun Maverick and directed by the director of Top Gun Maverick. It's Top Gun Maverick, but in cars. Okay. Yeah. By by yeah by cars. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and I say Lewis Hamilton is involved. Um, and I, I read a Times article suggesting he may appear in it, but um, I, I I assume if he does, it'll be a cameo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Similarly, we've got a lead for the Madonna biopic, mm. the one that's being produced by Madonna. I'm not sure whether she's directing it yet. I can't remember. Uh, she's she directing is. and co-writing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Julia Garner from Ozark fame, uh, Ozark, the show on Netflix. That, um, oh. yeah, has been offered the lead of the film. Julia Garner always feels like someone I ought to recognise, but I never do. No, um, she will not be the first Madonna because uh, Evan Rachel Root. Wood will be playing Madonna as well in the Weird Al uh, Yankovic biopic. Yeah. So there'll be two Madonnas <laughs> coming out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the Madonna biopic, is, is this, it's, it's unusual, I think, for someone to write and direct a, a, a story of their own life. <laughs> I, uh, who knows what this is going to be. Uh, Diablo oh, Cody apparently is co-writing, which is um, best known for Juno oh. and diminishing returns thereafter. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Speaking of uh, people playing singers, they, um, I just saw Anadamas in the trailer for Blonde, which I think I think has come to Netflix. Maybe that, there is a reason for you to get Netflix. You know, why she's playing Marilyn Monroe, and that looks um, very interesting. That is good. Um, we we stray into the world of rumours, Zijan. Ezra Miller has been 
up to all kinds of weird nonsense um <laughs> and more so than previously in terms of uh things that sound well if, I, would, if true are, are definitely criminal and awful and uh, allegedly will not reprise uh, his role in any future dc movies after the flash uh, this is all rumors uh you do have to feel for warner brothers a little bit um having had issues with johnny depp in uh fantastic beasts and yep. then amber heard in aquaman and now ezra miller in both fantastic beasts Bo- and <laughs> the flash uh they can't catch wow. a break uh this the flash has been pushed back more times than uh, i've had hot dinners he's been accused of basically um absconding with a minor giving drugs and drink to a minor all, all sorts of terrible things uh which if true i don't think they can release this film um certainly not in its current format no of course not so, right uh, like how how could they and he's playing two different characters in this film, so I, oh, wow. they may well try and like just replace it or do. It. But I mean, they, they've got to release something, surely. But it's it's already a kind of a flashpoint. They're bringing in lots of different Batman. They've got Supergirl uh, as a as a major co-star. Either they're going to spend another hundred million reshooting basically all of it, and hundred million is a number I made up. It could be much more than that. Or what what do they do? I don't know. Yeah. Warner Brothers, they can't catch a break, can they? they I mean, it feels a little bit like karma for giving us Batman versus Superman. Um, <laughs> well, but, maybe, but, maybe, but still, yeah. Because uh, this this was their chance to kind of reset, put all their problems behind them, and just start off with a new cast and ideas. That, and, that's the idea, right? But no, well. So yeah, it's uh, troubling times, troubling times. But understandably, they can't use Ezra Miller again. Um, but whether or not they can even use him for this is the question, isn't it? Yeah, difficult. I'm out of news, really. Uh, I think my only one I've got left is that uh, Justin Lin will be directing the movie of One Punch Man. Oh, yeah, the one which I told, spoke to you about before, mm. uh, a while back. Yeah, uh, I'm, that, that's the, uh, the manga or anime. Um, it's really good fun, actually. Uh, it's about this uh, superhero who, as the title suggests, can defeat literally any enemy with a single punch. And you think, oh, how would they make a show about this because yeah. he's so overpowered? Uh, it's, it's funny because he has an existen- he basically has an existential crisis really like he gets bored with it like what's the whole point of this if I, if I can win so easily so yeah he just <laughs> yeah he just ha- he is basically someone suffering from a midlife crisis really <laughs> uh, yeah because the, there's a is there a TV series or something of this or yeah there's uh, the anime on it um, yeah okay I was listening to a podcast that were trying to because he's bald I believe or shaved head he is bald yeah and I listened to a podcast who was suggesting because um, saying who should play him they were suggesting Randall Park should play him although it's a Japanese thing but anyway um, but they, so they were googling whether ever he'd, he'd ever been bald and um, he hasn't but they got a face app thing where they made him look as if he was bald <laughs> yeah no he looks good bald he can do it yeah um, this is the problem with the, the Hitman franchise as well like you never know if people are going to look good without hair yeah. not many people can pull off Jason Statham to see or not to Z, where we talk about films we've recently seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not Z them. Uh, Zija, yep. what have you been watching? Uh, I saw Jurassic World Dominion. Did you now? Yes. It's gotten really, really bad reviews by uh, the critics. So I thought, why not? You know, I like the first film. Long time ago in 1993. Oh, the first, <laughs> oh, the first Jurassic... Okay, well, okay, yes. First Jurassic Park. I didn't care for them 
the most recent Jurassic World films. Um, my my love affair with Chris Pratt has died down already. I don't right. really care too much about any of his films nowadays. So yeah, so of course I subject myself to watching Jurassic World Dominion. Mm. So have you seen it? Nope. So, so but a peek behind the curtain. Although I think we actually said this on the air last time, is that we were in two minds as to whether we we're going to do Lightyear or Jurassic World Dominion, and. and Basically, I said if 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 Jurassic World re- reviews are good, we'll do that, and they weren't, so I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you made a good choice because okay. uh, Lightyear is definitely the better film. Um, um, partway through the film, uh, Doctor Ian Malcolm, which is played by Jeff Goldblum, has a line that says that um, you've exploited people's enchantment with dinosaurs. <laughs> I felt like this was a meta commentary on the film itself right. and the series itself. Because it just felt like that. So, directed by Colin Trevorrow, it stars Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard from the Jurassic World franchise and reunites them with Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum from the Jurassic Park franchise. Mm. And they've succeeded in making a film about dinosaurs that is so boring. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's just dull. And it's not even about dinosaurs. It's, a lot, it's mostly about locusts. It requires so much suspension of disbelief. It's, it's just ridiculous. The first Jurassic Park was incredible. It was terrifying. It was, you know, fun. This was none of them. You know, in this film, Chris Pratt can wrangle a dinosaur with a lasso using his bare hands. <laughs> this dinosaur is the size of an elephant. Wow. So apparently, Chris Pratt has super strength in this as well. He has superpowers. Of course, he has superpowers because he does his annoying hand thing so many times. And not just his, apparently. Apparently, everyone's doing it. They actually did a hand triangulation thing. Wow. Where three of them did the hands together. It's like some form of like superpower now. I did hear someone say that um, it was about basically they were just using the force. It's, just, um, it's basically the Star Wars. Um, that hand thing works with cows, by the way. If you're, if you're ever in a, in a field of cows and they start running at you, put your hands out yeah. and say stop and they tend to. So maybe maybe that's where Colin Trevorrow was getting his inspiration from. <laughs> Colin Trevorrow says that if you can work on cows, it works on lions as well. So you can try it on lions too. Okay. <laughs> uh, next time I'm, uh, I, I encounter a lion, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad of my decision, I think. Uh, I, I, I never watched Jurassic Park when I was a kid. I watched Lost World in the cinema and I quite enjoyed it, but I, was not, I never had a fascination with this, so I didn't grow up with it. I, I really enjoyed the first Jurassic World. I didn't think it was brilliant, but I, I thought it was good family fun, good, good day out, and I hated the second one. So uh, they seem to have gone more in that direction. Yep, and it's making lots of money as well. So. Is it? Ugh. Okay. Is this so? This is the end, right? You'll hope so, right? One will hope so. I'm sure. I'm sure one of the one of the trailers said the the grand conclusion or something, but maybe um, maybe not. Okay. So <laughs> we, you say our listeners should not bother? No, please don't. Please don't encourage them anymore. Okay. Um, I watched a film called Hustle on Netflix. Um, it's. Oh, I seen that too. Hmm. How? Susan Howe. Well, um, anyway. Um. <laughs> uh, it stars Adam Sandler as a bas- uh, basketball scout. He has the job of international scout, so basically just tours the world. Uh, you, if you hear about a really good basketball player who's not American, he'll go and check him out. And uh, he'll sign him or not, or, or recommend them or not, uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, which is a genuine basketball team, and I'm slightly surprised that they allowed themselves to be used in this way um uh, his uh, i don't know the the, the direct not the director not maybe the director the, the the head boss man at philadelphia 76 is um played by the 
uh, by the great, oh lord, Robert Duval, uh, whose son is played by Ben Foster. It's a, it's a great cast. And uh, Adam Sandler's wife is Queen Latifah. Uh, and Finally someone his own age, right? Is he someone who usually pairs off with younger women? Most of his comedy films, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he's it's it's not a comedy. I mean, there are funny moments, but it's it's a it's a pretty straight drama. Uh, and basically, yes, he comes across a guy who he thinks is is really good, but just needs to bring him back to or wants to bring him back to America to get him onto the team, and and he faces doubts, etc., etc. So it, it's follows the tropes of a sports movie basically it's 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 not gonna it's not revolutionizing uh sport uh sports movies it's not revolutionizing those plot lines but i think adam sana is really good in this i think um fantastic performance i don't i don't like his comedy films um and i i didn't really like, there was he was in a film called um Mayorovitz stories i think um new and adapted i think it's called new and adapted something like that and i just i couldn't get through it i thought it was really boring and it got great reviews but so I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. But um, yeah, really, really strong performances, kind of down on his luck, persevering, got all these dreams that he can't quite fulfill, etc., etc. Uh, but sees this spark of hope and really wants to help this guy's career and make sacrifices for that. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good watch. I think it's worth yeah, And they, they, they got all real basketball players to play the basketball players, really. Yeah. So it's actually good basketball skills in there. Yeah, like the, the person that he went and uh, get in Spain, he's an actual NBA basketball player. So Yeah, I, I mean, this this is one of these reasons, because I don't know basketball at all. I, so you could have terrible basketball and I, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But yeah, it was a nice touch to actually get proper players. Um, most, well, a lot of them playing themselves, the, some of them playing characters. Did, didn't sense. Adam Sandler say that if she he wasn't nominated for Uncut Gems, he was going to make bad movies and bad movies after bad movies? And well, I think this. he I think he said he'd make his worst movie ever, which he then made. Was it Hubie Halloween? <laughs> um, yeah, we, one of our earliest episodes was about sports movies, and I always find it fascinating. There aren't really that many good football, as in soccer movies, and the ones that are good tend not to show that much soccer. Mm. So, like the Dan United is is a really good one, but it's mostly about. Well, it's about management rather than rather than football itself. Hmm. We move on then to um, our main segment of the day. We're talking about the film Lightyear, uh, Pixar's latest effort since uh, Turning Red, the film that last time we just discussed Pixar films, we completely forgotten, we completely forgot had happened. Um, Zijan, tell us about uh, Lightyear. So Lightyear, as uh, is, is the name suggests, is the spin-off of the Toy Story film car- uh, film uh, series. Basically, it's about. Uh, at the beginning of the film, it really says that um, uh, in the Toy Story series, Andy bought a toy called Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear, this is the film the toy is based on. So it's a little bit of meta commentary there. Mm. Um, that, um, so instead of Tim Allen, who voiced Buzz Lightyear in the, in the Toy Story series, uh, Chris Evans is actually the voice of the title character. And Lightyear tells the story of um, Buzz, who after being marooned on a hostile planet with his commander and crew, tries to find a way back home while confronting a threat in the form of the Emperor Zerg. And for people who have followed the um, Toy Story series, Emperor Zerg is basically Buzz's main nemesis in um, in that, really. Yeah, so, so, so the, the, yeah, the, as you say, they're trying to escape this planet. It's, it's kind of his fault they got stuck there in the first place. Yeah. Um, he, he, so you can kind of understand why his determination trying to get everyone out of the planet I, I can probably say the opening sequence because that probably doesn't spoil the film that much. Mm. So when, you know, at the b- beginning, there's this montage about him trying to 
reach light speed or something or break light speed if you're not mistaken or uh, trying to do that hi- hyper speed hyper speed you're trying to do that so something so like that. that he can you know save his um, commander and crew again basically trying to get them back home yeah the, his uh, I, I don't think I've actually seen the trailers or well, not for a long time so I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what's been in the trailers or what hasn't but it's, it's fair to say I think um, uh, that he picks up some friends along the way shall we say yeah, and a robot, I mean, this was, a robot cat. Definitely, everyone knows about the robot yeah, cat. Yeah, socks. Yeah, I mean, this is not one of the films that I was particularly looking forward to. I mean, I love Pixar, as everyone mm. knows already. But I mean, <clears throat> this just feels like a money grab per usual. Um, it just feels like uh, Pixar has run out of original ideas, and they just need something else to do. And it's like, and it's like another cast, another like yeah. So it, yeah. it didn't pick my interest when it came out. No, it's, it's, it does seem a bit of a regressive step because they, they, as you say, they went through their kind of their sequel phase of doing another Incredibles and doing lots more cars and all all these things. Um, but the last few years, where they've you know, been doing Soul and t- I mean, I didn't love Turning Red, but uh, but it's fine. And Luca and you know, kind of new new stories, new characters. It does feel a bit regressive to say, let's do the one that you remember from nineteen ninety five. But exactly right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't excited about this. I. I Anyone to see this because for the podcast, as uh, I wouldn't have seen this. I probably would have just waited to this on Disney Plus. Yeah. Otherwise, I as I was sat in the cinema on a Friday afternoon, and the only other people I could see were a woman with two seven-year-old kids. Um, I did wonder what I was doing there. But there it was go. quite an empty cinema for me as well. So I'm I'm curious on um, Disney's uh, you know idea to release this in cinemas instead of directly Disney Plus because yeah. Turning Red was immediate to Disney Plus. So I'm wondering why they decided to do this because um, clearly now the market for, especially for kids, it's not cinemas anymore, really, right? I don't know. I mean, do kids still have Toy Story toys? I don't. I don't know. Um, like maybe, maybe they do. I mean, they will be like in their mid twenties by now. Yeah, but I mean, is is it still is it a still thing? Like, are they still like? I know there's like the Buzz Lightyear TV series or something, yeah. and, and Toy Story Four wasn't that long ago um but yeah I, I don't know whether that's a, that has kind of prevailed and kids are still enjoying that in the same way that they might um i can't think of any kids franchise but kids franchise have been going for ages maybe, maybe they're still enjoying and still playing with those toys even if they're not immediate uh, i don't i have no idea I, I say it wasn't it wasn't booming uh and yeah those of us who saw it in cinemas in 95 i think it was 95 wasn't it um or thereabouts they're not going to flock to see this are they no they're um, not um, like the first original Toy Story film was groundbreaking in mm. some way because you know they introduced computer generated animations you know why would people yeah I don't get but also and you're right it was well. it was utterly groundbreaking and, and it was a, an animated film that adults can enjoy which I think yes. was a relatively new idea I mean obviously there are some Disney classic stuff but to have uh, complex characters and, and yeah messages in the story and yeah it's not just them going on an adventure basically toy story had a phenomenal story written by well co-written by joss whedon wasn't it uh, and great characters uh, without diving into spoilers i think it's fair to say that this does not have a, a complex and brilliant narrative no um, it's uh i wrote here the story was really conventional there's nothing yeah like as groundbreaking as the toy story film was hmm. this was the complete opposite of it it's just nothing it's not do you enjoy Zijan seeing people learn uh, about teamwork? Because if you do, 
Buzz Lightyear learns about teamwork about 15 times in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> just every so, other scene, is, he learns the value of teamwork. Basically, it's just trying to knock it. It's not very subtle, is it? They just want to knock it in your head the whole time that, oh, Buzz is all about being alone and alone and you should depend on your team members. And then team members are saying, yes, you should yeah. rely on us. And then Buzz saying, no, I need to do this by myself. And then they'll and then they're like, oh, maybe I do need a team. And then like five minutes later, no, you can't do the team. And then it's like, oh, maybe I do. Need a team. Oh, dear. oh no. Um, oh, I can't. I can't even bother doing non-spoiler stuff for this. Should, no, no, no. I'm, I'm happy to just go to spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, it's like, I, like I can just sum it up. Like, I went into this film. I just felt nothing coming out from it. I mm. put it away. Like, I was just like, was I bored? Maybe I thought the graphics were pretty decent, but there's just nothing in it. I think this is probably one of the few Pixar movies that I come that I come out thinking like oh, I've actually not felt anything from this. Like most Pixar films make me cry at yes. some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This did not do that at all. Um, I can't even remember the names of all the other characters in this film apart from Buzz. There was there was an Izzy. Um, yes, you're right. I I I don't feel anything for the Buzz Lightyear character. There was no yeah. real humanity in this, and yeah, so Pixar films, particularly the recent ones with with Soul in particular, but uh, have been going into really deep uh, exactly questions right. and, and exploring the kind of the human condition. And this is just a guy on an adventure. And I know they've put in things that like I say about teamwork and about learning from your mistakes and blah blah. And that you could argue there's a plot about. So so the first time he tries to break hyperspeed or whatever he's trying to do, um, he goes four years into the future. Um, and, and it only takes him four minutes because of time dilation or something. Uh, and then he basically just does the same thing without changing anything another, what, 20 times or so? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, his best friend, whose name escapes me, he basically just every now and again will see her getting married and then having a child and then um, the child growing old and then growing old and then dying and I think that's supposed to be the emotional beats there that I didn't I didn't really feel that much for it but and because you, you don't really see him wrestling with that do you it's just like at no point is like maybe I shouldn't keep trying this maybe I should live a proper life um, yeah exactly just no no this is what I'm going to keep doing uh, whilst he's away the people who were on his spaceship who were in kind of hibernation have all come out and managed very impressively and quickly <laughs> to build an entire advanced city on this <laughs> desolate planet um, it's the future Colin they can do anything apart from leaving the planet is it the future that was 1995 um, oh. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> that's true yeah it's the future of 1995 future future of 1995 yeah fair enough and okay I, I, fine I'm not going to worry so much about that and there's vines and things that can kill yeah the first time they're there like they're immediately besieged by insects and, and killer vines and stuff and then they kind of just the vines are then just a joke after that and the insects never reappear uh, he succeeds and finds some friends uh, including Taika Waititi yeah including Taika Waititi and people I've never heard of the, the, the voice cast was, I, I wasn't a big name in any way other than Chris Evans and Taika Waititi I don't think I'd heard of anyone else in it from from memory there's a guy no. who sounded a lot like Joe Pesci but it wasn't Joe Pesci I, I, yeah. I, yeah I, I mean it's a kids no. film and I feel a bit silly digging too much into the logic but the idea that he has he's trying to do this hyperspace test thing the idea being that if he can achieve it then they can all leave the planet but even if he did achieve it 
I'm not sure I'd want to get on a spaceship based on the fact that he's managed it one out of 20 times, isn't it? I know, right? Uh, but he's uh, found some new fuel thing that the a robot cat worked on that will do it or something. It's it's just done. I, I don't know, like, even, like, all the revelations and how he realises that he needs he's to depend on his teammates mm. it didn't really quite hit home for me either. Like, it just came by so quickly. There wasn't anything that should justify him trying to think that, oh, he needs to rely on his teammates because his teammates were quite, to be fair, quite, quite useless. <laughs> yeah. um, and they were not they were not entertaining characters on their own either. Like, that's the thing. I, couldn't, I can't remember their names. I literally... Was, when I was writing down, I struggling to remember any of their names. So one of them is Izzy, is the granddaughter of his, his friend, and there's Taika Waititi, and there's the Joe Pesci guy. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's like it should be better, but it's they not. they have they have characteristics. Uh, the Joe Pesci guy um, is on parole. The Taika Waititi uh, guy can't shoot, and the Izzy person is scared of space. There you go. They've got uh, deep characteristics. Wow. Um, they all get over those things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the learning to be a team thing would work better for me if we, I say, hadn't done it about 25 times in the in the film's runtime. Um, we haven't talked about Zerg, Zijan. <laughs> so those people who remember the Toy Story films will remember that Zerg uh, is revealed to be Buzz's father. Uh, in Toy Story 2, maybe? Yeah, just to make fun of the whole Star Wars trope. Yeah, and I, I, I haven't seen that film recently enough to remember how that came about, whether he saw it on a TV screen or whether he saw it on a box or, or how that worked. Um, it was, Zerg is the villain of this one, um, which they had to do really. And I, about halfway through, I was sitting in the cinema thinking, wait a minute, he's the father, isn't he? I wonder how they're going to deal with that. And the way they deal with it is uh, he, he opens up um, a guy, an older guy in, is in there and Buzz says, Dad? And he's like, uh, no, it's me, it's you, it's Buzz. In the future, Buzz from the future. See you, Jen. No. Did this make any sense at all? No. <laughs> so no, he, I think I kind of zone out at that point. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm again. It's time travel. I don't need a detailed explanation of how it works. But you can't just say I'm you from the future. Like, I, I'm, I'm. In fact, it's not even that. He says, um, I, I also did a hyperspeed thing, but in my case, when I arrived back. Um, I was put under arrest, so I had to flee away. What? You can't have split time streams. It's it doesn't make any sense at all. There, there was no. At no point. I can kind of understand like I'm you, I'm your current self in the future come back, but it's like I'm saying I'm a different version of you that split off in the past. How how would that even happen? No, it doesn't it's... make any sense at all, and no, there, with no. no attempt to explain it. I think this was one of the first few Pixar films that I saw that I really wanted to end. Yeah, I I, I must admit, with with about forty five minutes to go, I was like, "Come on, let's get this over with." Yeah, me too, me too. It was it was rough because I'm a big, you know, aficionado of Pixar and all all they all they come up with. But this was really rough for me. Even like the the whole screwdriver pen thing, this was done so much better in Mitchell's versus the machines. Oh, so, yeah, um, so much better. Yeah, it's so much better. Like it's just. That's the problem. It just feels like a cash grab for me. It's an incohe- incoherent, not a good story. It's probably one of like probably one of Pixar's worst films. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like it's a direct. If if I watch this on Disney Plus, direct to it, I'd be like, yeah, that was alright. That was quite fun. Yeah, but yeah, it's got cinema pricing. It's not as yeah. It it's it just seems as you say. I mean, uh, Chris Evans, I thought was good. Nothing wrong with what he did. Um, but good performance. Uh, 
hampered by the plotline. I mean, the dialogue's forgettable. I did quite enjoy the bit about sandwiches. So in this, they've evolved <laughs> in the future so that um, sandwiches have bread in the middle rather than the outside. That was quite funny. Uh, the cat is clearly just there to try and sell toys. Yep. And wasn't, wasn't even cute, if I'm honest. No, he doesn't. How do you do a How do you do a robot cat companion and make it not cute? I know it's not even funny. He's not. He doesn't have any person. None of them have any personalities. There's no character I mean, development. Ta- Taika Waititi is Taika Waititi around like he like he does, even then on, on kind of on on fairly understated mode. I'm getting a bit tired of Taika Waititi. Anyway. Uh, Zerg apparently was while well, various robots trying to say the word buzz, which seems a stretch. But I, d- I just don't. I I get it's a kids movie. I I think it skews maybe a bit younger than recent Pixar films have. But to have a, a time travel plot that make that doesn't even start to make any sense oh. is phenomenal. Uh, anyway, he's this is supposed to be the main nemesis of of Buzz Lightyear, but they kind of they fight for a bit and then that's it. I can't believe Andy bought a toy based on this film. Well, this is the thing I've seen is like this is his this is Andy's favorite film. It's like no kid is this going to be their favorite film, no. surely? No way, one hundred percent no. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> do you think oh. we're going to see Lightyear two? I hope not. Mm. If so, it better be much better than this because uh, I, I I'm just giving up on this now. Yeah, and to think, right, Colin? Yes. Jurassic World Dominion is worse than this still. Right. Uh, and they didn't, but they did say um, to to infinity and beyond as many times as you would want them to. So that was that was nice. Yeah, not been a great week uh, no. if, at the cinemas. Definitely. Go, stay at home, watch Hustle uh, yep, on Netflix, like, me. like Zijan uh, on Netflix. Oh, on Netflix, yes. Uh, something that he does not subscribe to. That's why this is why the uh, this is why the share price is falling. Okay, Active Factor. We move on to a segment called Active Factor. <laughs> we talk about the films of a particular actor, and this time, slightly surprisingly, we've not done Michelle Monaghan before. Uh, here she is, Michelle Monaghan. Um, Zijan. How many? I haven't seen many films of hers. No? No, five. I've seen 13, although one, wow. one of them I'm not altogether sure I've seen. So. How is it even possible? I was going through a list like, wow, she's starred in many obscure films. Um, I, do, I do like Michelle Monaghan. Three out of my five are the Mission Impossible films. Yes. And one of them she hardly appears in as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. <laughs> um, well, I'll start off, shall I? So Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, I think was one of her first... Uh, I think it was probably the role where she she sprang to the, the, the world's notice um, alongside uh, Robert Downey Jr. And I want to say Val Kilmer? I could oh. be wrong. Uh, I've seen this some time ago. It's um, maybe darker, funnier James Bond. I guess it's a crime crime comedy thing. Uh, Shane Black directed it. It was, it was Val Kilmer. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I think, was the nickname of James Bond, wasn't it, somewhere? Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Was he? Okay. Mate, I, I, well, that might not be true. Um, like all Shane Black things, it's probably set at Christmas. In fact, it definitely is set at Christmas because um, Michelle Monaghan wears a Santa outfit for quite a, quite a lot of it. Uh, but yeah, it's basically a bu- buddy cop in some ways. Oh, I'm not sure they're cops, but buddy crime investigation type thing. Uh, it was good. Uh, apparently she's in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I have no recollection of that. Um, she's also in Gone Baby Gone, a film that uh, received a, a lot of accolades, but I'm not entirely sure why. It was, I think, Casey Affleck. I think Ben Affleck directed it. Uh, that might not be true. Uh, again, I don't remember in that. Um, she was in The Heartbreak Kid, which is a, huh. a fairly bad Ben Stiller comedy that 
back in his hyperactive phase, quite a long phase, uh, which is a remake, and the, the idea being that he falls in love with someone but then realises he doesn't love them, actually. Or something. I don't know. Okay. Uh, was it, I, I may, it's possible I'm getting two different films mixed up here. Um, but uh, I think he maybe even marries someone and then, re- like, love at first sight, I think, and then realises she's actually awful. Well, it's by the Faraday brothers, so it does what you'd expect it to do. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense now. Um, uh, due Date, which was basically of a hangover, uh, but with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, it's not something that you like, right? No, I, why did I why did I watch this? I think it, was, um, it came up on Netflix, and I thought, well, of course, yeah, that's the only way. Why not? Um, to support them, it's it's not terrible. Uh, but the first thing I saw her in, and and uh, I think is really good film is Source Code, um, where she was alongside Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, and he's got to relive basically a train journey where the, the train explodes and has to work out who planted the bomb. And sort of and she he's taken over the body of someone, and she is the the girlfriend of that person. Uh, do you want to take over for a bit? Have I just yeah, le- have well, I just left you the Mission Impossible? Yeah, pretty much the Mission Impossible films. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's Constantine as well, which isn't a great film. Yeah, the Mission Impossible films. Uh, I really can't remember a lot of them, apart from the fact that I really like Mission Impossible Fallout. And that's my top anyway, mm. so it's going to be. Without a doubt, that's my favorite one uh, of all Mission Monogas films. I just have not seen any of the other films before, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, so she, that's true. she was Julia in Mission Puzzle 3 when, and was a major part of that with kind of Ethan Hunt settling down for married life. So I, I really like the fact that they just they didn't just forget about that. I mean, I know they kind of wrote her out by five, <laughs> but I really like the fact that it was a by six. She's still there in the background. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Constant- it's nice to have that continuity. Yeah, Constantine was a great film. This is the one with Keanu Reeves and Tilda Swinton in it. Uh, yeah, this is based on the, the DC comic superhero. It, it was okay, but it wasn't, yeah, it, was, it wasn't anything special. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I've got Maid of Honor here, which I can't remember if I've seen or not. I think I have. It's basically a rom-com where uh, Patrick Dempsey, I think, and uh, they're like best friends and she's marrying someone else and it turns out that she should be marrying him all along that kind of thing it's like my best friend's wedding basically but with a different ending spoilers okay. spoilers for my best friend's wedding uh, I know the ending for my best friend's wedding so there you go well I've spoiled this for the ending of Made of One actually to be honest I can't remember if I've seen it so <laughs> I could be wrong um, The Best of Me which is a Nicholas Sparks annotation uh, Patriots Patriots Day um, alongside Mark Wahlberg, which is pretty good. Actually. It's a um, based on the investigation after the uh, Boston Marathon bombing. Oh. Uh, playing it cool, which is uh, such a forgettable movie that I I know who's in it: Chris Evans, Topher Grace, um, the guy who plays the Falcon, whose name I always forget. Uh, but I can't tell you anything at all that happens in it. <laughs> uh, not even a, the smallest thing. <laughs> um, so you're going for Mission Impossible Fallout as your favourite, yeah? Yeah, I think we've spoken about this in length anyway. Yeah. There was a point where I said that this was one of my favourite films out of uh, one particular year, mm. was it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and your least? Constantine by yeah. By, yeah. What was what was um yeah um uh, sorry and the for me I think Ghost Protocol yeah. might be my favourite uh, Mission Impossible and the but for of this. Of this list, it's between that and Source Code. I really do like Source Code a lot. I like Source Code as well. Mm. I think Source Code is a great film. Uh, and my least favourite... I mean, there's a lot of forgettable stuff on here. A lot of forgettable stuff. Uh, stuff I hated? Not really. Uh, I'm going to say Playing It Cool just because I can't remember anything about it, so it's going to be pretty bad. 
Um, next time we are doing look back on Oscar Zijan, um, I think now is the time that we can spring upon uh, the world, My Fair Lady. Am I right? Yes, I've, I've finally seen My Fair Lady um, in the West End, and I thought, why not? Let's watch My Fair Lady as well. Lovely stuff. Uh, we move on then to the quiz. Um, fun fact. I meant to write the quiz this afternoon, but then I fell asleep. So I did it in literally 10 minutes before the, uh, before wow. the podcast. Whilst on a Zoom call with my family. So nice. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to win this one. Uh, let's see. Let's find out. Well, um, it's on the films of, uh, of the late Tony Scott. Zijan, Cole Trickle is the lead character in which film? Cole Trickle. Ooh, I've seen this. Um... Yeah, this is the, the Tom Cruise film. Okay. Uh, the one where he plays a race car driver. Okay. Oh, no. What's the name <laughs> of that film? No. <laughs> I, I had this on my list. It's definitely him. It's definitely this film. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny, but yes, it, yes, it is, yes. It's definitely that film, Colin. <laughs> I'm going to need a title, I'm afraid. No. Hold on. Hold on. Let me think. Oh my goodness! I was looking at some trivia as well, and this was the first film he starred with Nicole Kidman. Mm. Diet. Do you know? Uh, can you name the other films he starred with Nicole Kidman? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Far and away, eyes wide shut. Very good. I mean, that's not the question, but well done. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I remember this? Oh my god, this is really bugging me so I almost, much. I almost mentioned this title when we were talking about the Brad Pitt uh, Formula One thing. I'm, oh, I'm, this is helping glad, me. Glad I didn't. Oh no. Oh no! Ah, <laughs> um, I'm not gonna. I, I can't get this. No. Sorry, go on. Days of Thunder. Of course it is. Mm. Uh, question one: Which song won an Academy Award for Top Gun? Ooh, well, you feel it's got to be. I thought you would know this. I mean, you feel it's got to be Highway to the Danger Zone, but it could be Take My Breath Away, which I think was that Top Gun. I mean, you should know this, right? This is like a Tom Cruise film. Like, yeah, yeah, I should know this. Um, see, Take My Breath Away, I think, was Top Gun. But i got a feeling it might not be. I've got a feeling it might be some other similar film from that era. But I'm gonna, I'm still going to go for it. Take My Breath Away. That's correct. Yes. Um, who wrote The Last Boy Scout? Wow, you're really going for it. Um, let me guess, uh, Ridley Scott, his brother. Uh, Shane Black. Hmm. Question two. Denzel Washington has collaborated with Tony Scott in four films. Which was his first? Has he now? Uh, <laughs> no idea. Um, was it The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3? No, it's Crimson Tide. Cool. Uh, which of um, Tony Scott's films was about CSX 8888? Uh, this is Unstoppable. Correct. Very good. Uh, question three: Which director wrote and sold the screenplay for True Romance after uh, the success of his first feature film? Quentin Tarantino. That's correct. Um, question four: Now I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on to see or not to Z, so this is a test <laughs> of whether you listen to me as much as anything. Uh, Enemy of the State uh, is viewed as being an unofficial sequel to which film? <sighs> really good film, by the way. I've not seen it. Uh, well, the the original is really good. The uh, Enemy of the State is fine. What is this? It's probably one of those. No, okay, go on. Conversation. Huh. 
but yeah, the conversation Gene Hackman is really um, is worth checking out. But is the Gene Hackman's character in the Enemy of the State is is widely regarded as being the same character. Hmm. Question four: Which film of Tony Scott's, although had middling critical reviews, has accrued a cult following within the goth subculture? Oh wow! Okay. I'll be honest, the only films I feel I can remember are the ones I've written on questions about here. And, <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any of these. Um, although, I suppose it could be. Uh, the Last Boy Scout, hadn't it? The Hunger. Oh, right. His first film about vampires. I, about vampires. I didn't even click on that link. <laughs> um, uh, what is Pelham 123? Uh, I should know this. Hmm, I thought this was a fun question. Yeah. Isn't this like a subway thing? Uh, a subway what? Oh my god, it's something to do with a subway. Okay. I, I'm close, right? You're close, yes. I, I, I'm going to need a little bit more specificity than <laughs> something, something to do with a subway. Is it a subway train? Yeah, it is a subway train, very good. Yes, yeah. thank goodness. To Thai, Colin. Because I must have, yeah, to all at the moment. Um, I Because uh, I, I, I must admit, I thought it was a, um, a subway station, so I was... Um, very very prepared not to give you the point if you said subway station uh, so go. rude Colin I know <laughs> um, last one to win finally for you alright alright <laughs> uh, some, some trivia for you so yeah. Tony Scott was slated to direct a film in 1987 but he was rejected by producers because they did not believe he was accomplished enough 17 years later Tony Scott directed this remake of this film with the exact same name why is this film all right. I mean, taking of Pen and One Two Three was definitely a remake, but I don't think the original was that. No, seventeen years later, you say. Yep. And nineteen eighty-seven, so two thousand and four, mm-hmm. would be about when taking of Pen and One Two Three was out. Actually, um, I thought the original was earlier than that, but I've got nothing else. So I'm going to say taking of Pen and One Two Three. Nope, it's Man on Fire. All right, it's Russell Crowe, isn't it? Is that right? mm. Good trivia, though. Mm. I don't know the original. Okay, it's a draw again, Dijan, which yes. means you maintain a a significant lead uh, for the year. four point lead, I think, for the year. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like I shouldn't have mocked you with those easy Christmas questions at the end of last year. I feel this has spurred you on. <laughs> oh well, uh, what are we quizzing on next time? Uh, the films of Alex Garland, who did Ex Machina, among other things. Cool. Machina, ex Machina. Ex Machina, I think, yes. Um, and uh, what is our main topic for next time? Uh, this is films 10 years ago, right? No, it's... Uh, <laughs> what? It's uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Is it Thor? It? Thor is out then. Thor, is, thought... Thor has really snuck up on us. But, what? Uh, I thought Thor is out in three weeks' time. That's why I thought this was the 10 weeks ago thing. Oh, maybe you're right. I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm pretty sure I saw this. Oh, no. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder is out on July the 8th yeah that's ages away isn't it what am I talking about what are you talking about I don't know what we're doing next time are we doing films from 10 years ago are we? I, I guess so might as well I, well I guess we'll find out and uh, with that with that enticement we will see you then bye